0: Thank you for tuning in to episode three of the Keto Matrix podcast. In this episode, Brittany and I talk all about macros. We also talk a little bit about moose in Maine and some other cool and fun, exciting things. Please like, share, subscribe, and rate and review us five stars. The more reviews, the higher the ratings, the more people we get to get in front of. And we really want to get this information out to as many people as possible. Remember, we're here to free your mind and change your life. Let's jump into the episode. The Keto Matrix Podcast, where myths are busted, science is explained, and the keto lifestyle is discussed by industry experts and everyday people alike. For more information and support, go to theketomatrix.com. Now, let's jump into our latest episode. Hey, Brittany, good afternoon. How are you? Good. How are you doing? Oh, man. it's. I feel like it's been... Uh, One day that's just blended together the last couple weeks, which is crazy in itself, but that's just how it's been. So, um, I feel like since we haven't talked in so long, we should probably catch up. So how has life been?
1: Um, life has been good. It's been kind of crazy. Um,
0: you traveled a little bit, right? Like since the last time we uh, spoke?
1: Uh, I went down, visited the family. Uh, my niece was born and then, um... I actually, the last couple weekends have been home, um, but I'm getting ready to uh, go to Maine next
0: week for Maine. a visit with some friends. Are you going to have any lobster while you're in Maine? Absolutely. Yeah, that's that's, that's on the bucket list. I want to go to Maine and get some fresh lobster and some yeah. poutine. You got to get poutine. I heard it's better in Maine than anywhere else. I so. plan on eating a lot of seafood while I am there. <laughs> All right. Yeah, I would imagine. I heard it's beautiful up there, too, but you know, look out for the moose because I heard that's kind of crazy. You just got to keep a tree between you and them
1: that's yeah. what I learned when I was in Colorado because they can't get to you through a tree. I, I, I
0: guess. There you go, folks. That's a little useless information to be safe. Life advice <laughs> right there. Keep a tree between you and the moose. All right. Um, For real, that's and-
1: what my cousin who lives in Colorado tells me when we go hiking and stuff out there. She's like, if we see a moose, just make sure you keep a tree between you and them.
0: So how does that work? Like, do you just, is it like round robin like you stay on one side of the tree and you wait until they go and you just like keep circling the tree until they're like how does that uh you
1: just up? stand there by the tree if they start moving to the side then yeah you would go round robin but mostly you just kind of hang out there and let them not be spooked out or not feel threatened and just chill and they'll eventually mosey on huh. or mosey on how about yeah move? <laughs>
0: Wow, we're gonna have to use a tip jar for that
1: one. <laughs> I know, I know. Everybody's what, gonna be like, "Wow, really about, glad we tuned into this one." Yeah, Learning for sure.
0: Moose advice and dad I mean, jokes, listen, and you never know when somebody is like downloaded our podcast and they're on a camping trip and you know they're just unplugged. And as they're listening to it, boom, a moose pops boom. up in their campsite. Lifesaver, right there. I, mean, I would, I would probably say climb the tree. Now <laughs> <laughs> didn't even have to do that. And risk dropping whatever listening device they're using because they were trying to climb the tree. So they could just keep listening and you know keep moozing around the tree. Mozing around the tree. <laughs> oh man, that's that's great. So yesterday, uh, I've I've been here. We haven't um, we haven't been traveling that much lately with the whole canines and training thing for uh, for a while. So we probably won't start traveling a lot again until October. But having said that, we did go to our very first Charlotte Knights game yesterday. Nice. How was that? Was it was actually really, really cool. I think that uh, it's probably one of the nicest stadiums I've been in. Obviously, small, right? So, like, I'm a huge Yankees fan, so it's not, it's not Yankee Stadium, right? But mm-hmm. for it to be like directly with the backdrop of the city behind it, I mean, it was, it was pretty cool. Uh, I would say two things though. I felt absolutely horrible watching people eat what they were eating. Though I did have cravings. definitely, uh, you know, like some of the fresh, fresh cut potato chips and chili cheese fries and nachos and, you know, all the yeah, typical, all the all the ballpark food. You're like, oh, yeah. that's so good. That That's your yeah, yeah, Yeah. So yep. that was that was fun. But then, you know, I also realized there were times where I couldn't see the game because those people were taking up too much space. So um, I am thankful for the fact that I have come from me being that person. To, you know, there
1: were probably people sitting behind you who were complaining about not being able to see the game because of
0: that thing going on top of your head. Mmm, possibly so. Possibly so. Probably so. Yeah, yeah, I mean, you know, but that's okay. Uh, And then I would say the other thing is that, uh, but I was still able to completely eat keto, which was cool. Like, they had Philly cheesesteak, no bun. Yep, that's what, when I went to
1: Seattle and went to the game, Philly cheesesteak was, except for they gave me a ridiculous amount, I had to, like... Way
0: cut it down Because I'm pretty so, sure My protein was through the roof But that's the thing though I was so excited about that So Last time I was like At an event where I was like It's impossible to eat keto here And I was like Oh I'm a professional fat finder um, Was at a Like a Christmas spectacular event That mm-hmm. um, was like outside And whatever Those things that happen Around Christmas time And so I did a Philly cheese steak, And I was just like Yeah Philly cheese no bun And I felt so bad Because they might as well Have like actually measured The amount of meat It was like Three four ounces Of actual steak with like an ounce of cheese, and they were like, "Here you go." So it was very pitiful, but these people were like, "Oh my goodness, we feel bad for this guy who doesn't eat bread." And it was loaded, man. I mean, like, loaded. So yeah, I'm with you. It was it was cool, but still keto, and uh, I had plenty of room in my protein for that day. So or yesterday, so that was pretty cool. But today, speaking of protein, since we were talking about that, I wanted us to uh, to dive into macros. I feel okay. like. You were what? Go ahead. I
1: was, try, I was trying to lead us that direction since that's what we had talked about. Maybe talk. I you. mean, I know, but I feel like, I was the like let me just give to that to little little bait out there.
0: Yeah. Because otherwise, know. we'll
1: start talking about nothing for entirely
0: too long. So. That's right, and then the viewers would be like the the four viewers therefore or I should say the four listeners that we have will be like, yeah, we're done listening. <laughs> uh, we'll, we'll never get to that magical number of five. But <laughs> having, having said that, though, uh, I know that you, you know, this is one of those topics that you were like, yeah, we should definitely talk about macros because people need to hear them. And I know when you first told me that, I was kind of like, ah, people know what macros are. I mean, they're out there. Um, I could dive into them, but why? And like the last couple of weeks, no joke, it's been like every day I've had a client that has just been like totally wrong with macros, not understanding completely like what they are, how to use them, why they're manipulated, uh, et cetera. So I just thought it was very apropos that that was the topic that you wanted to uh, hit and that you threw out there. So okay. um, since I can talk forever about nothing, um, what do you think is the most confusing thing that people have on macros? And then I'll kind of share a little bit of the, the issues that have come up <laughs> this last couple of weeks.
1: Um. I think it's important to talk, like to understand even why we care about them. Like, why are they actually more important than counting calories?
0: Oh, man. I feel like that's an episode all all in and of itself. eh?
1: Well, so we might have to do multiple episodes, but I think like for so long, so many people, all we hear is count calories, use this, do this. And really outside of like the only people that I ever heard, talking about macros were
0: bodybuilders. True story. Okay, cool. I like that. Um, yo, and you know what (laughs) I said, yo, uh, there's so many people that still are like, so hell bent on bro science and, not understanding like glycogen and glycogen's place and how it comes around and evolves into your body being able to efficiently use it, even in the bodybuilding spectrum of things that, uh, we'll definitely have to do a episode on that. And I know we were, we're scheduled to record with Robert Sykes here in a couple weeks. So we'll definitely talk to Robert too on his take on, um, macros and, and thoughts like that. But I feel like we keep saying macros and there's probably someone listening that I don't know even know what macros are or what are they talking about? So, when I discuss macros and I'm teaching about macros and we're discussing it, I'm always breaking it down into four items, right? So, and and that probably is throwing some people for the loop right there. They are probably just disconnected. But it's three macros that you can you can take in exogenously, right? So outside source. Um, and I'm gonna list these in the order of priority as a ketogenic athlete and a ketogenic person. Priority first being fat, right? Like the number one and most important, second being protein, and then third and least important is carbohydrates. Those are the three that everyone starts to talk about. And then the fourth one that I say is equally as important to recognize and understand is adipose tissue. Um, Adipose tissue is not really considered a macronutrient because it's not something you take in, but if we are trying to recognize how we manipulate the first three and what its impact are, or yeah, the impacts of those are on the fourth, uh, I think it's equally important to understand how adipose tissue is affected by those things. Make sense? Yep. Craziness. All right. So, um, where do I start with that? Because it's so large and we don't want to make this episode forever. Um, so, I would say the first, first and foremost, right? Before I looked into keto, like the first thing that attracted me to keto in the first place was um, listening to people talk about not needing carbohydrates or not eating carbohydrates. Because we all know, like, you need carbs, like you need glucose and like your body absolutely needs right. glucose. Um, carb loading. I mean, it's a real thing for a lot of endurance athletes. Oh man. I was listening to uh, a very prominent individual's YouTube the other day and I felt so bad for this guy because they were, t- he was talking about, yeah, 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 well, you know, I still carb load before a race. And I just kept shaking my head. I was like, dude, why? Why do you, why do you carb load? Why do you, why do you fill your body in with something it can't use when you're keto? But either way, let's talk about it. So keto-wise, right, like the number one thing that attracted me was the fact that people were like, oh, yeah, I don't eat carbs. And I was like, that's impossible. You need it. And it took me forever to really wrap my head around the fact that our body really does need glucose. But in order to get that glucose, we never actually need to consume it to have it. Um, Our levels don't change. They're not necessary to be adjusted via what our intake is. Um, And I think that if no one gets anything else from this podcast, they should get the following. The amount of glucose that your body needs on an everyday basis, no matter what, no matter if you're a marathon runner, a bodybuilder, an Olympic athlete, After you've gone through the stages of entering into nutritional ketosis, going into fat adaptation and becoming fat efficient, your glycogen and glucose levels in your body will remain at the absolute best and most efficient state for whatever it is you put your body through ketogenically without having to increase your carb intake, decrease your carb intake, cycle your carb intake, all the other things that come about with like targeted keto and cyclical keto, like all of that stuff's a waste because your body has the complete ability to make all of the glucose it needs as it's needed via ketone production and fat intake and protein intake. So I think that's the first thing. We never, ever, ever have to eat another carb. If we could do zero carbs for the rest of our life, we would completely thrive. And I think that's probably, like...
1: Yeah, but you wouldn't get to eat macadamia nuts. Yeah, no, Or
0: avocados, so... Or, or like, pecans or pecans, whatever you say, depending on what part of the country you're in. Right. Uh, Yeah, 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 for sure. And so I think that's the thing, though, is, like... Sun butter, like, there's just so many things that... You're letting you, your fat kid come out. I like it.
1: Absolutely.
0: <laughs> yeah. My or, keto I mean, fat like,
1: kid. I'm trying. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I'm trying forget it. Look.
0: Let's just talk donuts and cookies and ice cream. I mean, right? I mean, there's that too. Uh, yeah. I to mean, so I got a place I, called Holy Donut. It looks uh, amazing. Well, I mean, it, and it sounds like God's called it to be in existence. Exactly. If it's a holy Donut. Exactly. <laughs> but seriously, though, uh, I think that's the biggest thing. Is like. That's the only reason why we need carbs, right? Is because of the things that we desire, not because of the necessity nutritionally, right? It it has everything to do with the desire for it, right? So, um, understanding that the gluconeogenesis process, which I think confuses everyone, right? Because most people, when they talk about gluconeogenesis, they only talk about it in reference to protein. Like, Hey, if you eat too much protein, buddy, you're going to have it turned into sugar. Like, I feel like that's something that's universal, um, would you agree with that statement? Is that something that... I mean, that's something you heard of, right?
1: Only since I started keto. That is not something that most people think about ever. They think, here pound protein. Like, that's what you hear in the, tradition, like, the, quote, traditional world is high-protein diets are the way to go, and, um, like, you can't do too much protein. I'd never heard about that outside of, like... The ketogenic Something community. On the medical side, like with kidneys and people getting into that. But as far as nutritionally and being worried about it turning to sugar or anything, that was not anything until I got into the keto world.
0: Yeah. And I, you know what? I think that's that's fair game. I mean, because bro science is always like, you need like a gram at least. I mean, I know some bodybuilders that are do like two grams uh, per pound of body weight, which is insane. And I mean, some that are doing two grams of protein per pound of body weight, that's not even lean body weight, because um, that's what they're supposed to do. So... Ketogenically speaking, though, the reason why the keto community is so like hands off on protein is because of gluconeogenesis. They feel like if you eat too much protein, it turns to sugar. Um, So let me be the first to say it's not true. It's absolutely not true at all. Um, the only reason why people have come up with that thought process is because of testing of ketones, which is a misnomer in itself. Uh, and we could do a, an entirely different episode on testing of ketones and things that really kick you out of ketosis and all that kind of stuff. But let's stay on track with the gluconeogenesis. So, that word, which sounds like really complicated and fancy, can get broken down into three parts, right? So, you have gluco, which is a representation of glucose, like that's the word. Um, Neo, my name. Uh, Which just means like new and or revived, right? So for those of you that are wondering why I call myself Neo, um, Keto has completely revamped my life. I feel like I am a, a new revived version of myself, which is why I came up with the name Neo, because I really I can't think of. Other than like surrendering my life to Christ, anything that has made me this new or changed or improved. So that's Neo, right? And then Genesis, uh, first book of the Bible, Genesis by definition is the start or beginning of a process. So when you put that all together, like gluconeogenesis, it's the the start beginning process of creating new glucose. I mean, I feel like that's uh, that's easy, right? No, no biggie, no nothing crazy. Great. All right. So. Let's say that everyone in listens- layman's
1: terms it's creating sugar from nothing like creating sugar from something else. Yeah, it's the starting process of
0: creating sugar from nothing. Yeah, 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 cool. I'm good with that. Layman's terms, we need that. Yeah. Thank you Brittany, I appreciate that. Yeah. So, all right. So now protein, everyone's like, "Oh yeah, eat too much protein, gluconeogenesis." But I feel like the thing that's overlooked is our bodies are really efficient and they want to do things that are easy. Right? Like our body does not want to do things that are difficult. Like our lungs are in our chest cavity for a reason. They're nowhere else. It's the easiest place to oxygenate blood in a central location and, and get it flowing. So if our bodies want to do things that are easy, is protein really the easiest macronutrient to break down into sugar? That's the question. And the answer is no. The easiest nutrient to break down and turn into glucose or sugar is fat. And that's probably where people are like, no, that's not true. I don't understand. So let's explain it. Um, fats are comprised of the word that everyone is very familiar with for the most part, triglycerides. Yeah? I mean, that's a pretty universal mm-hmm. term. Okay. And and I'm asking you these questions because I feel like, you know, I can get way too far into the science aspect of things. And people are like, I don't know what this guy is saying. So, exactly. Why I put your gluconeogenesis <laughs> which in I, layman's terms. For me, I feel like that was completely layman. But, uh, I know. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's why I put a little bit more spin on I it. I know. I know. That's the other reason why I love it. That's
1: why matrix. you keep me around.
0: Yes. So triglycerides, right? So triglycerides, again, I'm all into like breaking things down. I feel like if there's anything that you look at, the more you break it down and get into it, the deeper the dive, the the more in-depth understanding you get around it. So triglycerides are broken down into tri, the word glycer, and then ide, right? So those, that's that's the breakdown, right? Three, three layers. So tri means three. I mean, if you were looking at like a Navy SEAL trident, there's three um, spokes to that, right? And then you have glycer, which is just the representation of the word glycerol, which for those that don't know, it's the more simplistic form of glucose, but still the same thing, right? And then ide, I-D-E, which is used in medical terminology and science terminology to have something as a representation of a bond. That's it. Okay, so you have a bonded glycerol molecule and it's in the amount of three based on a triglyceride, which is obviously the standard makeup of lipids. That I think is cool and well broken down. Would you agree or is that still too complex?
1: Imagine a tricycle made of sugar. That's what your triglyceride is.
0: I like it. Okay, cool, I like it. And they
1: (laughs) they form a chain to have a whole chain of uh, tricycles and that is a lipid molecule. Hey, you see what I'm talking about? This, Which this is, is what cholesterol when you're hearing that and that going in your arteries. Those are all the common terms that non-medical people tend to go to well, maybe not tricycle, but the trident <laughs>
0: <You> <laughs> have to a trident. It. Like really that's the first tri word that comes to mind to you? Wait, wait, wait. So in my defense, the reason I think tridents is because when you really look at the aspect of exogenous ketone use, Right. It started being really uh, deep dive into that stuff when it came to Navy SEALs and those that were suffering from seizures. And so the exogenous ketones were created in order to help prevent Navy SEALs during missions and their rebreathers from having seizures, hence the trident. So there was a circle to that. Okay, But again, you still have to be a total keto nerd to know that. That's me. Just helping helping us that don't know it out. All right, so triglycerides or your tricycles and all that good stuff that you said, I can't even say it again. But um, you know the triglycerides, if you take that, that setup and just break it down into individual things, right? So instead of it being three molecules bound, they're just separated. And if you separate those three glycerol molecules, you're just left with individual glycerol, which is the simplistic form of glucose, which is super easy. Like we have a ton of lipids that are there. So your body's ability to create the glucose necessary to run can be done more easily from breaking down your fats and turning them into the sugar needed to run than it is from protein. So I say all of that to say the whole process of protein turning into sugar is not is not the be all end all. it's not the thing to be worried about because your body, whether it's from fat or protein, is going to make the glucose that it needs on demand. Mm-hmm. Like when it needs it, it'll be there. It's kind of like uh, the light switch and the electricity in your house, right? Like if you need your lights to be on and you've paid your bill,
1: Hey, hold on real fast, because my roommate's family just came home, and they're being loud, so I'm going to go shut the door real fast.
0: Awesome. No worries. So as we take this commercial break... <laughs> Sorry. Cool. No, That's okay. That's, the, that's, 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 that's totally cool. Benefit plus negative of living in someone else's house. It's all right. Hey, at the end of the day, um, that's what commercial breaks are for. So... Where was I? Oh, triglycerides and yeah. glucose and all of those things. So the, the important thing to understand and recognize is that it's an on-demand process like the light switch. If you pay your electric bill, it means electricity is always flowing in your house, it's always available. If you need it in that room, you flip the switch, it comes on. So if your body is deprived or needs glucose, like your body, again, after nutritional ketosis, after fat adaptation, after fat efficiency, has the ability to create the glucose necessary as soon as it needs it. So the reason why that's important is you never, ever, ever have to have a carbohydrate. It's totally a luxury item if it's something that you want to have or something that's a byproduct of, I don't know, you bought a heavy whipping cream that happened to have two grams in a serving, so there's some carbs there. Um, But other than that, man, absolutely no need for them. So that's super important. Now. It's also the reason why fat is such an important macronutrient and why it's the number one macronutrient. You know, ketogenic means that you are running on ketones. Ketones are produced from fat. And if we realize that that is our number one energy source and our fuel source and we're fueling our bodies, not just eating the, to emotionally feel great, right, then mm-hmm. fat's the thing we should consume in the majority. <clears throat> so people get confused, I think, with the whole 75-25 thing that's out there. And really, those numbers were coming up as baselines when those that started epileptic research back in the early 1900s looked at what the numbers were that were brain requirements, right? So it was like, what does the brain absolutely need? Um, We have a lot of different vital organs, as we all know, but our brain is really the only one that can never be replaced and put on pause, right? If you're brain dead, you are without life. Like, that's it. Like, if your lungs, for some reason, go out, you know, they can put you on a breathing machine until there's a lung replacement available. Uh, your, bl- your blood could get filtered if your heart um, wasn't pumping and operating correctly. Though these things would be limited times, it's still possible. However, there's absolutely no replacement for if your brain's not working. Like, that's pretty sure. much it. So um, So, having said that and understanding that, right, it's what does the brain absolutely need? So, without going into, like, ridiculous detail... Um, fat 75%, like your brain requires that as its fuel source. That's where it runs at a great, great, great pace. 75% of that coming from fat being what you eat 20% of that then being the fact that your body absolutely does need protein. And so protein in the form of whole proteins, non-denatured, and or like amino acids, which are the broken down version, your brain will utilize that at at least 20%. And then 5% is the glucose aspect, which if you look at that 75 and 20 is 95%. And so there's really only a 5% requirement from a glucose standpoint. So I was always correct in the fact that your body does need glucose. I was just incorrect in the fact that you never have to actually eat it. So that gluconeogenesis process at 5% is very easily done and doable. Okay, so I digress. Let's move on so I don't confuse people because now they're like, I don't know what he just said. <laughs> um, so now looking at that, right, the ratio or percentage is what macros are. When people are like, oh, you know, I want to, I want to keep my macros ketogenic. Most people, when they're saying that, they're talking the percentages, right? So like the percent of fat that they eat, the percent of protein that they eat, the percent of carbs that they eat. However, when people post things like IIFYM, you've seen that on Instagram, right? Oh yeah. Hashtag. Okay, so that's a right. Okay, so remember, like I came from like an intermittent fasting background. So did you actually? So like, yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. But so, like, for intermittent fasting, it was always like, if it fits my macros as far as like my total consumption, like if what I was gonna eat was gonna be within like the calorie thing, right, like under my total calories or below or whatever, like I was good. Um, and then, you know, what the macro breakdown was, it didn't really matter. Like whether I ate all cake that day and it was just like completely carbs or I ate all protein that day. Um, it was cool as long as it fit within like the total number of things, but it also meant like the amount. So from a macro standpoint this week, a lot of people have been coming to me with a man, I don't understand. Like I've only had my keto coffee today. And I'm already way over on my fat. And I was like, what are you talking about? Like, <laughs> right. Dude, if I said that to you, does that make sense? No, not even a little bit. Right. So this is what people are doing, which is again, they're looking at their mind.
1: percentage on their they're not adding yeah. in the entire day. They're just putting it in by the meal and they're
0: looking at their percentage. Right. And I was just like, is there really that much confusion around this? Like the percentage is just a percentage. So you had 100% fat because that was all that was in your keto coffee. But. That's all you had was 100%, even though it was only 40 grams of fat in your coffee. Like, that's not enough. Right? So. (laughs) Uh, That's not enough for your day. Yeah, yeah. So the amounts, okay, can fit in macros, but that's like the absolute amount. Like, I'm going to have, let's just keep it easy, 100 grams of fat. Right? Mm -hmm. So if you only had 30 grams of fat in your keto coffee and that's all you had for the day, your macro is going to say you've had 100% fat. Okay, but the amount within your macros is only gonna say you've had 30 grams. Now, when you then eat, I don't know, bacon and eggs later, right, you're gonna have some protein that comes in. And maybe you had three eggs, which is like 18 grams of protein, give or take, and a few slices of bacon, let's say it's another 12 grams. So it's going to look like you had 30 grams of protein, which is fantastic. But that percentage, now that you've added the fat into that, is not going to say 100% protein or 100% fat anymore. It's going to balance out to what was there in a percentage standpoint. So the 75-25 is the percentage of the types of things you should eat. So the majority of the things you consume should be fatty in nature, right? And then the next level should be the percentage of protein that you consume. And then the smallest amount of anything, if at all, should be carbohydrates. That's the amounts, or I should say the variety. And then the actual amounts is where your grams come in. And all of that is gonna be dependent upon each individual's unique set of needs, goals, where they're at ketogenically, what their performance relation things are, and all those kind of things. So, again, not to get too far in the weeds. You gotta reel me back, Brittany. I'll, I'll just. Well,
1: I was just about to say before we get into like too crazy level, I mean, we want this. Like we Seriously. talked about, that we wanted this podcast to be able to be someone who is just either like joining into K- keto, or I mean, maybe your clients obviously they're going to listen because they're your clients <laughs> and they're dedicated. They and, may not, they may not, uh, they may not, but <laughs> um, they're going to be like, Who is that girl that he keeps talking to? Why do we have to listen to her? Um, but for those who like for some because there are so many different calculators out there right now on trying to figure out like so you're new to keto and you're like okay i get i get the percentage i get that i need to follow the actual grams like i get yeah. all of that but how do i figure out where i'm supposed to be starting out with that cool. uh, because That's depending on who you follow or who you go to you're going to see all different numbers and that can be
0: really overwhelming and frustrating and a lot to try to process. You know what? That's a really good point. So actually, uh, one of my consultations this week, I felt, I don't, I don't, I shouldn't say I felt bad, but um, there are so many calculators. And one of the things I refuse to do is put like a standard calculator link on my website because Mm -hmm. I never want someone to just like, oh, here's a calculator and jump into that and think that they calculated their macros correctly. Um, Those macros are all based on a traditional way of eating, right? With the percentages built in. So let me say that again. The, the macro calculators that are out there, all of them, ketogenic or, or otherwise, right? Like if you use a macro mm-hmm. calculator from MyFitnessPal or the Keto Diet app or Carb Manager or whatever, they're mm-hmm. all based on the traditional thought process of calories and intake, right? And then they're just set to the macro ratios, like the percentages mm-hmm. for keto, The reason why that will always fail is that energy is not created or consumed the same way ketogenically as it is traditionally, right? The amount of energy I need and the amount of energy produced. And when I say energy, again, I'm not going to try to make this overly complicated. We could save this for another episode, but like ATP is the most simplistic form of energy that our body utilizes. The production and consumption rate of those two things are completely different ketogenically from traditional dieting. So when you put that into a calculator and it's factoring based on your average American's 2000 calorie diet, blah, 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 the energy production and the energy used is totally different. So nobody will ever be able to go to a calculator, put in their height, their weight, and their birthday and get an accurate number. Um, It doesn't equate for the difference in ketones versus energy, the difference in utilization, the difference in cortisol responses, fasting responses, sleep responses, workouts, none of those things. So I always tell people like this particular client, uh, I'll calculate someone's macros. If they come to me and they say, hey you know, I want to start keto. Um, They don't have the finances maybe to do a consultation so I can give Mm -hmm. them like all of this crazy information that I keep talking about. Um, I'll say, okay, cool. I'll ask them a series of five to 10 questions to get a better idea of their background. And then uh, I have a special algorithm I used in a Excel spreadsheet to create macros for them. Now, as accurate as that is, that is for most people, um, it's still not as accurate as it could be because, it doesn't allow me to have this in-depth conversation where I can truly understand what their stress levels are and how they're sleeping and why they're sleeping that way or what their workouts are. And if I say something, like one of my questions I know is like, uh, how often do you work out? And they'll say, I don't know, four days a week. Well, that doesn't really tell me like what kind of workouts are you doing? Are they more anaerobic? Are they more cardiovascular? Uh, Are Are they four hours long or five minutes long? (laughs) Yeah. Are you running, are you running a full marathon four days a week? Like, I, I don't know. So right. like those kind of things, after I get like more in-depth understanding that allows me to tweak things. So I think what would help is if I go through what's in my mind when I'm talking to someone and looking at really creating the macros for them. So we run on fat, right? So yeah. if we're running on fat being ketogenic. That's the thing we're looking at. The first thing I look at is what are their energy requirements, right? Like straight energy, nothing else, just energy. Calories, by definition, is the amount of heat or energy created when you light something on fire. Sounds stupid, but no joke. If we took a block of wood, if we could digest it, we could light it on fire and get an idea of the caloric response from that block of wood. So when I'm looking at them and say, um, I don't know, let's say that they are a stay-at-home mom that has three kids that are all in different activities, let's say Girl Scouts, Boy Scouts, and Soccer. Right. Mm -hmm. And they're running around with them crazy and they're caring for their husband or spouse. Um, Their energy requirement for that is one thing. Now, if they work out on top of that, their energy level goes up. So I have to look at, okay, cool. I know they're doing this, these things. And so I need to provide enough energy if they are a nursing mom. I always say no matter what, you're a nursing mom, I don't care how much weight you wanna lose, change or adjust, you're at a minimum of 150 grams of fat per day. And that's because you have to create enough energy to sustain yourself as well mm-hmm. as nurse your child, right? So those are like bare minimums. Now, I then look at, cool, what are their muscle and brain requirements, right? Are you a high level of executive, that's in an accounting firm where you're constantly stressing out your brain, calculating numbers and managing a client base. Um, Are you someone that doesn't work full time and doesn't need to use their brain too much and you don't work out. Let's say you're retired, you're, you're an older person, you're retired. Um, you don't need the same amount of protein as someone that maybe is a crossfitter uh, or a marathoner or someone that's stressing their muscles and their brain a lot where they're going to need that fuel. So I will then target their protein amount, right? Based on how I need their brain and muscles to recover from the stress put on. So if you are lifting heavy weights or um, putting a lot of stress on your body physically, that's a different targeted protein amount. And if you're someone that's using uses, uses your brain a lot different in target amount. Now, I can then tweak that based on how they recover and respond to things, as you know, from when I've changed and adjusted macros for you. But I do that based on that targeted amount. And that target is done based on their lean body mass. OK, if you are a larger person that has a larger amount of muscle mass, obviously your muscles are going to utilize a higher percentage of your protein than if you are um, let's say dainty and doing something differently, right? So I will target it based on the lean body mass of that individual, which is also why if you are an obese individual, like super obese, like I would say body fat percentage is easily above 40%, right, male or female, mm-hmm. obviously your lean body mass could still be that of someone that's a lot leaner, like 20% mm-hmm. that may weigh less, right, or the same amount. So that protein is gonna be targeted based on lean body mass, not overall mass. And then last but not least, I look at carbohydrates and I look at carbohydrates, as I said earlier, as a luxury, it's not something that's needed. So how can I help them and allow them to hit their fat, hit their protein and keep keep their carbs to a minimum Um, and understanding like carbs are one of those things that I feel cloud your body's ability to do everything else. Right. So. Carbohydrate. This isn't really useless information. So if you're listening, guys, write this down as notes. Carbs for every one gram, there is a 3 to 10 gram retention that has to be factored in. 3 to 10 grams retention from water, 3 to 10 grams retention of the other things that you eat, and a 3 to 10 gram block based on anything else that your body is going to absorb. So I say all that to say for every one gram of carb someone eats, let's say they're going to eat the 20 grams that people talk about. If you eat those 20 grams, there's the potential to really block yourself. You know, if you take 20 times 10, that's 200 grams of other things that you're, you're putting in your body that are going to be delayed and being absorbed because of that retention that comes from carbs intake. So those are the kinds of things I keep in mind. And I just say, Hey, do you really, really need that? Um, Obviously, like if you're someone that's on the go and we're going to put macadamia nuts in, you know, a quarter cup of macadamia nuts is about four grams of carbohydrates. So those are, you know, unbeatable. You, you can't really do anything with those carbs. They're there. But saving grace, there's 24 grams of fat there. So, mm-hmm. you know, those are the kind of things that I look at um, and I adjust it based on that. But it's really a per case basis. I can't change it. Um, and then whenever I'm looking for someone that's like trying to lean out, I always keep the fat energy high because no matter where you're at you're going to be working out. You're going to need the energy supply and stuff like that. So fat usually stays pretty high. And then as I'm looking to increase and change number four, that adipose tissue, where we burn more of that, I will remove another macronutrient. So that being carbohydrates, if they're pretty high, I'll take those away until they're gone um, or at least under five grams. And then I will leverage down protein. The more protein you take out and keeping energy constant, the more will come away from your adipose tissue. Number four make sense. Was that like too complicated? No,
1: I think I think for people (laughs) that try to follow macros or that are going to try to look into that, like I think that that was a good explanation. I think that I know from when I was trying to explain keto to my mom and trying to get her to be like on board with it to her, the idea of counting macros seemed like like I could never do that. Um, but your mom it. is killing it and not counting macros. And I know you have clients who don't count macros necessarily. So and since we want to make sure that we don't last forever <laughs> <laughs> in this podcast, but I want to make sure that we at least kind of hit basics for kind of whatever level of keto starter you would be. Um, or even maybe you're been in the journey for a little bit and you're kind of like, what's going on? Do I have to do that? What are some basic steps that people can take to not have to, like, Count macros, worry about right? the fine-tuning of the macros all the time?
0: So, here's, here's the easiest thing, right? Because um, you have people, and you know, you've seen me do carnivore, or a sh- strict, strict carnivore, and that was it. At the end of the day, in order to get into ketosis and be ketogenic, it's a carb thing, right? You take those carbs away, your body's going to create an alternate fuel, fuel source, and that alternative fuel source is going to be ketones, period. Mm-hmm. Like, that's it. So... If that's the case, then as long as you're not eating carbs and you're aware of what carbs are, right, completely aware, like a pecan, Mm -hmm. there's carbs, spinach, there's carbs, sugar, carbs, as long as you're completely understanding of that, then you can be keto and never track anything. Keep, Keep the carbs out. And that's total carbs, not net carbs. That's a whole nother discussion. But yeah, you get there. yeah, yeah, yeah. If you stay under that, that threshold of recognizing that carbs are something that are negative. Don't eat them. Stay away from them. Consider them poison. You'll be ketogenic. Now, I will say this. I get very, very, very OCD when it comes to the ratio of what I'm eating when for what it is that I need. Um, and so I know you've you've been paying attention to my uh, night shift series Mm Like I've been posting more information for those that work overnight as to understanding how we can maximize our energy response while minimizing the stress that we put on our body to create said energy. So we talked earlier about how easy it is for the body to take triglycerides and turn it into glucose, right? Well, if I want my body to take protein and turn it into glucose, it still can do that, but it's a more complicated process. So if I don't eat any fat, let's say all I eat is grilled chicken breast right? Can Mm -hmm. I be ketogenic? Completely. You can. You can eat nothing but grilled chicken breast and your body will create ketones. Is it going to create the same amount of ketones? Absolutely not, Um, but it will. And then when it needs glucose, your body is going to have to take the protein that you've consumed and turn it into the glucose you need, which is a more complicated process. And that in and of itself is going to make the body work harder to do so. So, Mm -hmm. For someone that needs a ton of energy, that needs the least and the easiest way to do that, I will make sure that they factor in a higher level of fat, a reduced amount of protein, and again, no carbs, or as low as as humanly possible. Mm -hmm. Because it'll be the easiest way for the body to make energy, create energy, without having to process a lot of protein to get it done. Mm -hmm. So, you know, that's something. And then I have someone that will be like, um, under a huge amount of stress. Let's say you have a... Division one college athlete That's coming up on finals right And Mm -hmm. they're a football player so they need X amount of like protein for the muscles And the things that they're doing um, With training but then it's finals And they need a certain amount of protein to get through Their tests and stuff like that because their brain is working Extra hard so I will then Adjust their protein levels up so that their body is getting the fuel source that it needs in that area while changing and adjusting their fat macros. I will still very rarely ever go below 75%, but I may change the type of fats because fat is the only macronutrient that literally has the ability to pass through the brain cell barrier and become instant energy in our mitochondria. I know that that's like, someone's like, I don't know what mitochondria is, but it sounds complicated. Uh, But just know that fat as an energy source is the only thing that we can consume that can become instant energy, right? Where it doesn't need any kind of digestion. Like that's the simplest thing is that there are certain types of fats you could take in that are energy right away. And then everything else you consume, there needs to be a few catalysts to go with it. Yeah. Right. That created into the energy we need. So having said that to keep it layman, um, I will look at the types that are consumed and I do that as well, where I am changing the types that I consume in order to get the results that I'm looking for out. So, you know, I think that that's the the most simplistic version. Um, you know, I I feel like that's a good baseline for people to start at, but I will say that it's not necessary, you know, like My mom is fantastic, and she is absolutely killing it. Um, She does not track all the time. She does track every once in a while. Kind of like Reeve, for that matter. I mean, um, so my wife, she's like like Mrs. Intuitive Keto, Uh, and she's married to me. But she (laughs) only tracks when she feels a certain kind of way, right? So, like... If she feels like, oh man, I'm low on energy right now, and I can't, I don't understand why. Like, she'll put in what she's eaten, and she'll realize, oh well, I'm low on energy because I've only had 40 grams of fat today. Well, there you go. If you want more energy, I suggest you up your fat. Um, yeah. My brother, who uh, <laughs> he just said the other day, he's like, man, I hate tracking. Um, he's been keto now for, I guess, like 90 days. So I guess it's been like three months. Right. And he started He started school back. He's a junior in high school. He started school back. And uh, he was like, I don't know, man. Um, I think I need to track my macros because I feel like I'm eating a lot of protein, but I'm getting more brain fog than I should be having. And he couldn't understand why. So I gave him some macros. He set them and completely changed things. Like his brain completely opened up from the energy response coming in from fat. And He was able to feel a lot better and change those things, which again, side note, we'll have another, we'll have a whole podcast on this, but it's, it's another reason why I'm so big on the breathalyzer, right? Like it's fine to produce ketones and have them in your, in your system. But Mm -hmm. the breathalyzer for, for me still now, this is going on. Oh man, I don't know almost two years of me being dedicated to the breathalyzer is the fact that nothing as far as I'm concerned does a better job to show me how well my body is burning off ketones for fuel and burning off ketones is what allows me to know how my body is responding to the food I'm putting in it whether it's high amounts of protein low amounts of protein high amounts of fats low amounts of fats too much carbs whatever Mm -hmm. um So I think that that's been something that's been absolutely awesome for him to recognize like, yeah, I'm keto, but I can change how I feel even more so ketogenically by adjusting my macros. And that's where people I say, hey, you really, really, really should track. Um, I say this as a general tone and I'll kind of sign off on this like I won't go any further. (laughs) You can totally drive from California to New York or from New York to California for my East Coast faves um, with no GPS and no map. Like it's doable. It's doable. I mean, like obviously if you start on the East Coast, you know you need to drive West. If you start on the West Coast, pick a highway and drive East. Drive East, got it. Yeah, like eventually you'll get there. Um, But how long is that gonna take? How many times you gonna have to stop and ask for directions? Uh, I mean, it's gonna be a very difficult process that'll probably take you nine times as long as it should. Okay? So you can do keto without tracking. That's that version, no map. Or you can say, I want to drive from New York to California and I wanna make it there in four days. How? And then we can set it out, map it out, and give you exactly what steps to follow, what turns to make, um, in order to maximize the efficiency of getting there, and that's where I feel like people need to recognize: Hey, I have specific goals, and I want to take a specific route so that I can get there within the timeline allotted. And that's what I think makes all the difference. That's why people should say, "Okay, cool. I'm gonna I'm going to follow my macros, track my macros, and make the most out of this journey." If um, that's what their goals are, to be clear, absolutely. Because for absolutely. some people,
1: they just want to like they would love to hop in their car and just take the adventurous, like scenic route to get to California. And, and for some people, I think the equivalent of that would be, Hey, I just want to make a healthy lifestyle change. Like I'm seeing the progress people are making, they're losing weight there. But for me to go and to be super strict and have to follow all of it, like is just not realistic. And I think that's you. That I- and so it's just, what is your individual goals and identifying those?
0: Yeah. And I will say the other thing, like wholeheartedly, cause I, I feel like sometimes people look at me like I'm some kind of like keto Well, I am kind of crazy keto. I am. I didn't want to use that term, but yeah. I know, Um, but that's just the term. But here's the deal, though. I will say this. There are times that, you know what? Here's I'm going to share. Here's some transparency. Um, I do so much planning for clients on their meals, right? Like going into their MyFitnessPal and creating Mm a menu of items of what they're going to eat every day that I let my own MyFitnessPal lapse. Right, I had something like. <laughs> you had a ridiculous amount of time. I know it was, it was logged in. Pretty, I was so mad. I can I, I can't saw that lie. the other
1: day. I was like, "Did that really just happen?" Like, I just didn't think much of it, but I was
0: like, "I feel like what what happened to him?" Oh man, we will tell you. I was so mad. I was like, "No, my streak."
1: Yeah, seriously. Why does my fitness pal do that to us? Um. I will say, I mean, not that it matters because you're married, so it's not a big deal. But um, actually, it kind of really weirded me out. The one guy that I went on this date with that he had logged in on MyFitnessPal for four years straight every day. (laughs) And that I was like... (laughs) That's borderline obsessive to me. <laughs> I don't think we have the same goals in life. I mean, there were a lot of other things, but that was a big red flag to me, to be honest. So again, it doesn't apply to you because you're married. It's not a big deal. Oh but yeah, well, it's well and, and I something wasn't, to think about. Don't brag about it years, if that's your it? thing.
0: Um, just, just so let yeah, that slide. Having said that, though, it was still kind of crushed me. I was like, no way. But um. Yeah. Yeah. So like, but I could totally, I could totally do keto without, without tracking, but I will say this, we had just talked about this too, right? So you're going to Maine and yeah. when you're in Maine, you're going to have fun and you're gonna getting plenty of seafood and all that kind of stuff. And right. I know like recently, like the last few weeks with your travel and stuff, you haven't really been tracking your macros. You have just been, you know, avoiding your carbs and trying to keep a, <laughs> trying to keep a top on the protein.
1: Right. But. I really like chicken wings, it's hard.
0: (laughs) Oh man, it's okay, so.
1: And they pile on the protein so fast. Like it's incredible. I had to eat seven wings the other day. Who eats seven wings? I know, that's not even a, like, yeah, for me it's like five and
0: I'm done for the day. And I'm like, uh, no. That wasn't cool, yeah, bring, I need more. Uh, I'm with you, but having said that, there are times that you're just like, yeah, whatever, I'm just gonna like eat intuitively. But, Mm -hmm. like you just said, you have a tough mutter coming up, a half marathon, and a dry try, right? Mm -hmm. So. Knowing that you have those events coming up and I think you said like six weeks or so or six weeks after you're Yeah you over back the next me?
1: six weeks like
0: the first ones in two or
1: three weeks and then they're kind of spaced out But yeah over the next six weeks. I have quite a few
0: Yeah, so you're going to buckle down and really dial in exactly where your macros are in order to hit those goals performance wise So that's why yeah. I tell people I'm like listen if you're like a, a bodybuilder npc competitor and you are six months out from a show or um, I really, I would say six months is a safe bet. Um, I have had some people do it like within 90 days, just depends on where you're at condition wise, right? Mm -hmm. Then let's put a plan in place to set specific macros to have you get there, right? But if you're someone that's like, I don't really have any goals right now. and, And I don't mean like, goals, like be healthy, but I mean like specific goals, like, right, I like no performance words. goals. It's just yeah, performance or like, even like I got to drop 10 pounds by XYZ date for a right. wedding or whatever. Like you can go and you can go intuitive and not, not have to do that and not track. That's totally cool. But if you are, I don't know, a rocket scientist and you're like, Oh my goodness, I have a thesis I need to create and I need my brain to work then you might want to have some very specific macros to maximize the amount of brain efficiency that you have. Or if you're working night shift and you feel like you know the three o'clock window hits and it's right around the time where you're like, I've stayed up as late as I can and I need more energy, put some specific macros in place or mm-hmm. performance related. Whatever those things are, I say specifics help. Um, but that's it, it should be for those specific things. So I'm totally okay with, I started this road trip with no map and I've had fun, but now I'd like to make some definitive progress. I'm tired of still being in Arizona. Man, right, we
1: can change some things to get you to Cali, or Kansas, Center. because it's just cornfields. Yeah, if you're from right. Kansas. Nothing against you. But that is the worst state to drive <laughs> through when we would go to Oval, like the absolute
0: worst state. Of the I don't know, man. I feel like I've driven through Kansas and I've driven through Illinois. And there are some parts of Illinois where you're just like, mm, maybe I just haven't driven through enough spots in Illinois to yeah, know. Oh, but my goodness. I, I'm telling you, I was like, why is this here? <laughs> it's nothing um, yeah, yeah. or I guess there's parts of Indiana like that too it just depends on the midwest right the crossroads of America right. uh, but needless to say I think that's definitely something that it can be really really overwhelming so I just say focus on fat and avoid all carbs that's the easiest thing to ketogenically stay yep. intuitive and then if you want some specifics hit me up man let me know and we can talk about it walk through it and, and figure out a plan and put, put that in place sounds cool
1: I hope that shows. And I was gonna say, and I think you did a pretty good job of keeping it
0: concise,
1: (laughs) concise, and like enough detail for those that are gonna that can understand it and like that need that, but also putting out some stuff that um like is pretty basic for those of us who are like I I just want to be a healthy person (laughs) and I just want to get started in this and not run three races in a month or hit a certain weight or goal. Like I just want to make lifestyle changes. Um, I think you hit the full spectrum. Cool. Well, I appreciate that. That a very that. concise way of saying that though.
0: So that's a, well, that's okay. I saved time so you can be low winded. Um, Thanks. <laughs> I'm going to, uh, I definitely want to, we'll talk to uh, Robert Sykes about that. And I know we have some other interviews coming up with like Danny Vega and some other things. And, um, You know, I know we're gonna get like Danny and Maura on to talk about how they raise their kids. So, for those of you listening, go to Fat Fueled Fam. Um, They have a YouTube channel and an Instagram. Check them out. We'll post them in show notes when we have that episode. But they raise their kids ketogenically and they don't follow macros for their kids. I'm almost positive. So, check that out. And, you Mm -hmm. know, any of the other people that we bring on. But let us know if you have questions, throw them in the show notes, comment, like, and review. And when we say review, please give us five stars because that's the way to do it. Um, And we will have our contact information for you to follow us on social media and all those things in the show notes below. But as always, thanks for tuning in. And um, stay keto. Keto on.
1: Keto on. (laughs) See ya. Peace.